You thought I just closed, didn't you? Well, I didn't. I didn't just close. There's more. See, the, the, the Bible doesn't say that love is nice, does it? I don't see one scripture, and I don't see any interpretation of any word about what love is that says it's nice. Now, this is important for the world we live in as, as Americans and as people that have made definitions and words work and the way things flow. And this is the main word I hear coming out of parents' voices to their children. And it's, oh, little Johnny, be nice. You need to be nice. And that is, that is programmed into us. And I want you to know that most of the time, 90, 99% of the time, niceness is a counterfeit to kindness. Why? Niceness is something that is trained into a human mind. It's programmed into your mind. Your heart doesn't get it. So no wonder why the kids look at you the way they do. Kids operate out of their hearts because their head hasn't been programmed so much yet. And so when you tell a child to be nice, it doesn't program in their heart because niceness never came from the heart. Kindness comes from the heart. Kindness, the love of God is kind, and this kindness comes right from the belly. And if you change that word, just one hair, and you say, uh, Johnny, be kind, click. I've watched it my whole ministry years after God showed me this, this, this factor here. And he said, watch when someone's told to be nice or someone's asked to be kind. And it's always been in every situation that I've watched, that niceness that's been trained into them. What's amazing with niceness is little Johnny can be programmed to be nice. He goes up to a little old lady and just pouts and won't look at her and says, I don't like you. Kids say the darndest things, right? He's told, Johnny, be nice. He can do it for a minute, right? He knows what that means. If I'm not, I'm going to get punished. If I'm not, there's probably a spanking. If not, they're probably not going to let me have dessert. They're going to remind me again, hey, Johnny, remember that lady? Uh, you know, you were a bad boy, so you don't get dessert after supper. Darn. So he realizes the pain from not being nice. It's a training. Not a whole lot wrong with what I'm telling you. We want nice kids, right? But I'd rather have kind kids. Why? What's the difference? See, because Johnny, that niceness that's been programmed, the minute he gets out of there, that little terror's coming back out of him again. And that niceness that was programmed, he can shut right off. Click. He can shut it right off, and that little angry boy can go out and be mean and angry and everything. But the kindness is different. Kindness is not a trained aspect of the human mind. Yes, we should know how to be nice. But, even better, we should flow in God's loving kindness. That kindness is the thing that changes everything around us, like he did. The niceness doesn't really change anything. It kind of gets us through a tough situation once in a while. The kindness is God's love is kind. This kindness is what we're after in being a kind Christian. We can be nice for a little while, but wouldn't it be terrible if after being nice at church, you went home and you were angry the rest of the day? I would rather you were kind when you came to church and that you were kind when you went home and you're kind when you go to bed and you're kind when you wake up 
because you're spending time with a loving God of kindness and his kindness is rubbing off on you. Be nice is calling for great care, having high standards of conduct. Nice is very soulish. It's the same area. It's kind of in the same area of the mind that worry comes from. That worry, worry never comes out of a human heart. Worry is always generated through the human soul. And we tend to worry about way too many things. And that's the same area that niceness is programmed into. Just so you know the difference. You need to know the difference. I want you to, God wants you to know the difference between the two because he wants you to function and flow in the kindness of God. Love is kind. It's not an action done with ulterior motives, but it's an action that abounds towards others because of a grateful experience of God abounding towards you with his loving kindness. God's love in us will either compel you or constrain you. I'm going over a little bit today because I really want to get this out. I want it to be out to you, but I want it to be out in the air on recording too. God loves us. God's love in us will either compel you or constrain you based on the inward need of another at that moment. This is where I see so many Christians miss it. And it just breaks my heart to watch what we do to each other when we just don't obey this simple principle. If I'm operating in love, I'm operating in love for you, not for me. If I'm operating in love, I'm operating out of a pleasure I've had of him abounding his love for me. And the love of Christ should either compel you or constrain you. It does both. I have so many stories and so many examples of where the love of God actually constrained me more than it compelled me. For example, sometimes the best thing said to another human being is nothing at all. Sometimes the best response on Facebook is nothing at all. The love of God will tell you which one is important. And for me, I have to tell you, it's been nothing at all for quite a long season. No response. A few forwards, a few things that kind of line up with what God's doing at our baseline and in these three counties. But I'm talking about the love of God, this thing that should be controlling every aspect of your life. And you get in a situation and you're ready to give them both barrels. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. You want to just give them a piece of your mind. This is where the love of God comes to play. It has to constrain you. I've had so many times where I, and the love of God just stopped me right in the middle. You know what? Sometimes you have the right words. It's just not the right time. Love will help you with timing too. You may know exactly what this person needs to hear, but it could be not now. They're not ready. It's not about you and what you've got to say. It's not about you and your opinion of the scripture and how this could fix their life. This is about you loving the other one so much that you're willing to shut up. 
couldn't say in another simple way, maybe it's just time to allow the love of God to constrain us. What I found with this constraint in my life, tested, proved, when I allow the love of God to constrain me, it doesn't take much longer before the love of God begins to compel me again. That compilation propels, and it propels me to do good. And I'm always amazed after constraint, then compel, at how most miraculous the love of God is in other people's lives. See, love is not about you. Love is not about look in the mirror and feel good about you. Love is about your fellow believer. You know what I found about Christians who really reach out with that kind of love? That abounding love that reaches out and loves others so much that all of a sudden, you, your worries, your thoughts, your anger, your fears, where'd they go? The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. I just showed you the remedy for casting out fear. It was that easy, it's that simple, but you have to travel in it. Well, I have perfect love, Pastor. Why, do I, why am I still afraid? Perfect love is not words only. Its majority of its existence is always deeds flowing out of. And do you know constraining yourself and allowing the Holy Spirit to constrain you is actually the most wonderful deed you can give your fellow man? I love you, therefore I shut up. Sometimes that's the greatest expression I've ever had on behalf of my fellow man. I love you, therefore I speak the words of love. Therefore, I draw on the love that's on the inside of you. I provoke you in love in Jesus' name. I draw on your love, and I ask for your love to abound and to grow strong. First, or 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, The love of Christ compels us. You wonder where I got that from? It's right out of the Bible. The love of Christ compels us. James 1.20 tells us, The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The wrath of man has never produced the righteousness of God. What does your wrath look like? You know God's been waving in front of your face saying, I want you to deal with this. You know, I know, because every one of us are human and every one of us have flesh to deal with. This, this, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. As angry as I want to get, it's not going to bring righteousness. Only his love only this loving kindness, only this flow. God gives us his loving kindness continually, whether we deserve it or not. To be like our Heavenly Father, we too should show kindness one to another. Here's your takeaway from today's lesson. This is what I want you to practice today, the week, the month, the year, the rest of your life. This is a command from our Heavenly Father in order to love the way he wants you to love. Spend time with the God of loving kindness. Sooner or later, he will rub off on you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Your loving kindness is better than life. You want it to reflect through us. You want it to shine through us. 
You want your special nature to be evident in those who call themselves Christians. And Lord, love is our baseline. And we want to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. We want to flow out of huge, tremendously big hearts. And Lord, we long to not only please you, but to bring pleasure that comes from you to our fellow man. And we thank you for this opportunity to excel in this great love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Would you please stand?